Driven Women's Guide to Love, Life, and Business. Hosted by the boss ladies Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hi, ladies. Welcome again to another episode of Girls Gone Boss. I'm very excited to be here with everyone. This is Denise. I'm Gabby. And I'm Alex. And today we're very excited because we have a very great guest. Her name is Jessica Higgins, who's joining us at Girls Gone Boss. Jessica is a cultural design expert, and her past company clients include Microsoft, Sappos, L'Oreal, and many others. She has now shifted to working in emerging technologies, primarily in blockchain and artificial intelligence, by helping spread the best of these technology companies into our culture. Jessica was named a breakthrough female founder yes. in 2017 by Thrive Global. She's a former president of the Texas Pay Equity Committee and is an activist and coach for empowering women in business and women's equality. This coming September, very important, keep an eye out. Jessica's new book, The 10 Most Effective Business Communication Skills, will be released. Welcome, Jessica. Welcome. We're so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. I listen to you guys' podcasts and I just love that this is going down in Miami. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you yes. so much. Yes. We're excited to have bringing in a lot of great women, you know, powerful women to come and talk and give us, you know, some really good insight on things. So we're excited to have you here. Um, so to start off, Jessica, this is very impressive. You have a lot going on. We wanted to know, how did you get to be the 2017 female founder breakthrough? How did that happen? Um, like a lot of work and not <laughs> a lot of sleep. And um, no, I think it's just a lot of passion, really. If you are doing something that is really aligned to your values and your passion and your drive, it's just so natural for you to get in like that flow where everything just becomes easy. Everybody, by the way, they can't see, but everybody's nodding their heads. Yes. So I'm like, <laughs> you guys tell yeah. me all about this. Uh, I love that you're giving the visual. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Um, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, are you from Miami? Where are you from? I'm not. I'm from Texas, but Miami has been my home since I started law school here in 2007. And um, Miami Beach has been like my hood. So I love that we are sitting right here in like my favorite place on earth. We're in Miami um, Beach right now. Yeah, yes. we are. South Beach. I'm actually living in Texas right now. I live in Austin. Oh, no way. So, yeah. I'm very familiar right now with Texas. Yeah, and Denise <laughs> the barbecue is our life from here. Austin friend. <laughs> the barbecue life. Yeah, like eating so barbecue true. all the time. Yeah, it's like it's so liberal there, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, there's just a bunch of barbecue yeah, and tacos. And stuff. Exactly. Tacos and having fun. I love tacos. Yum. <laughs> I need some tacos right now. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about your career choice. What made you get into where you're at now? Um, it's funny. So I had basically my parents kind of made me go to law school. I never really wanted to go to law school. And so I I was like, I'm going into graduate business school. And I went into the JD MBA program. And um, then I, when I graduated, I went through the business route and started in consulting. And within like, I just loved it so much. Within like six months, I was a director of the consulting wow. firm. And so I went, okay, that was pretty cool. Like I didn't really expect that to happen. And then um, about a year later, I left and just started my own consulting firm because I was like, there are no barriers to 
you know, there's no reason you shouldn't go do this. Just go do this. Go work for yourself. And so that was like, oh my gosh, so many years ago. I don't want to say how many years ago. <laughs> you don't have to. Like, yeah. I'm in my like lower 30s, which I'm a little <laughs> uncomfortable with now. It was really cool to be 29. I'm like 33 now. So like, you know, so it's been a while. But um, yeah, just um, looking at markets and where things are going and understanding you know, where you can add value in that in the business world. So long as you can kind of see and predict those things and then match that with value that you have, it's so easy to go off on your own as a freelancer or start your own business, whatever. Um, So yeah. That's awesome. And from what I've read from you, you've helped a lot of companies kind of gather their culture and kind of get up to speed with things and how things are changing right now. How how does that, you know? Yeah. So it's crazy because right now we're in this kind of crazy space where um, the speed of digital transformation is at an exponential inflection point. We're not moving at a linear path. We are moving at an an exponential path, excuse me. And so the speed of human adaptation to that has to match that. And the problem with companies is companies are already slower than individual humans and big companies are way slower than individual humans. So what you have is this, um, this gap basically in skills and in mindset and in beliefs and in behaviors between how you have to do business now and in the future and how you actually are doing it. And in most companies, they have these like big desktop computers and cubicles. And it is just, it is just like not what you, what you, you know, know is going to, you know, work for the future. And so um, just, you know, working with changing mindset, changing behavior, changing um, culture, not even in digital transformation, but just in in adapting new, you know, skill sets and behaviors, mindsets that that people need to be um, feeling their best, doing their best productive. and productive in their work, right? But productive, but like that happy type of productive, not that type of productive where your boss is like yelling at you and, you know, there's this command and control type of fear-based productivity. Fear-based productivity is very short-term burnout, like growth mindset productivity where you're really happy and you feel like you're doing meaningful work. That productivity will last you long-term. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah, it is. It's very psychological. Um, Let's kind of sidetrack a little bit towards obstacles in the workplace. What are some of the obstacles that you've seen women today face in corporate America? Mm. <laughs> I mean, really? Get it. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can sound like an angry white lady on a pedestal for like 35 minutes. <laughs> okay, so less obvious ones I think are, um, okay, well, let's just start with the basics. So there's this really annoying statistic that um, there are only like 12 to, it ranges I see in different stats between 12 to 17% of major corporations have a female executive at all, like a female executive at all. But what's really frustrating to me is within those organizations, over 50% of the people believe that women are well represented by the company. So one token woman is is representing all women, which is so ridiculous yeah. because yeah. I know these female executives and I've had friends and I've had colleagues that have left these companies because they're like, I'm one woman. I'm not being hurt. I can't be hurt in this environment. And so um, I think women in the workplace are, what we know is that they are statistically reported on um, less favorably by their superiors. So there have been these studies that have, um, they've switched the sexes on these report cards and um, graded people like blindly. And then when they switch the name, the woman, like the female character gets graded worse. Wow. So there you go. So I think those two, I mean, and I could keep going and going and going, but if you really think about from a cultural standpoint, it's 
there's this focus on like, what can women do? But I think the truth is it's like, what can everybody do to really make us all be equal? Because man, it's in your favor for us to work. So you don't have to support us. Hello. Yeah, exactly. No, and, <laughs> But how can like companies help support and like to empower more women to get to the top? Yeah, I mean, in this environment, it's funny, there's this Me Too environment where I'm reading articles that are like, and men and women shouldn't mentor each other, and they shouldn't attend, like, the same meetings together. And there are these discussions about, like, how to avoid a Me Too incident. And I'm thinking, are you, like, freaking kidding me? If we're going to treat each other like we're children, that's one thing. I think we just have to start being, like, reasonable adults and respectful, which means giving up some of your power from the power structure. And that's the real problem is there are power structures that hold on to power and they don't want to give up that power. So that has to be broken apart, right? So we just have to keep breaking at that and just breaking at it. And it's no different in politics or in organizations. It's all culture. You just have to like talk about it and bring it, bring these issues out and make them open, whatever they are, and get them into the rhetoric. And when you get them into the rhetoric, you can break down those walls over time. Right. And I think also like um, with programs like flex time or like companies that are more flexible and bringing like kids to work. I think that also uh, lends itself to be more inviting for women to want to stay in the workforce. Girl, my friend is a mom and a female entrepreneur and she brings her baby into these meetings. And you would think these tech executives, like you would think she was naked with three heads. They look at her like she's crazy for bringing. And she's like, I'm just going to keep bringing my child everywhere with me because she's like in these, none of these places I go have places for my child. If you're not going to support my, you know, my, my, life and my hustle, then I'm just going to like make it happen for myself. And, and that's cool. But she's also like a really, you know, cool, successful entrepreneur. She can do that. Um, but yeah, like what do, what, what do the rest of us do? It's not like you can just walk your kid into work tomorrow and be like, surprise. <laughs> but I, I do know some yeah. companies that are okay with mm-hmm. that. They, they even have daycares. I mean, it's very like mom friendly or even dad friendly. Like dad should get paternity leaves as well. Like it should be like equal, yeah. like so that it's inviting to have a family and, and be, and also be like a thriving professional totally in europe they do that men take you know time to be with their wives and their children but it's different here (laughs) tell me yeah they also get like three months of vacation exactly (laughs) i think also another issue that i see or i've seen it's that when women get to the top it's like they play the male game rather than coming and leading as a woman, right? Do you, I don't know, I don't see why, but I, I do. It's been noticed. It's been noticed. I'm so happy you said that because yeah. I actually had that conversation with um, a, a woman who was a very big finance person. We were actually talking about this and comparing notes because I was saying like, I was one of those women. Like I was one of those women who like hustled and I was tough as nails to get where I was. Like I wasn't, you know, I was taking like no prisoners. I was one of those, like those people. And at the, the, the truth is like, we all were at some point, like, you know what I mean? For women to get to a certain level, you have to be so tough in this environment. But then you also, it's like, you have to have this inflection point because it can go one of two ways. You can get that like almost like that, that if that energy is so tough, it becomes this like manly energy and you become like a man. And then you see these hardened women who are so like, and then, you know, there's the other side of it where you kind of have to hit that personal inflection point and say, actually, like I need to embrace my femininity and like, and bring that love back in and bring that collaboration skill back in. And like all those great things that make us women that are like, make us more powerful. You have to like really tap into your, your womanhood and in, in some, in some ways it's like it, you know, you, what will get you to the top is not what's going to keep you there. If you know what I wow. mean. Wow. I love it. Yeah, Totally. 
No, I'm glad that, that we'd mentioned that too, because I, I see that a lot. Um, but you know, I think we are valuable in the workforce, so we need to kind of like stick to to embracing our to embrace our, our womanhood. We yeah. can't yes. hold each other back with the, that energy that holds other women back, and we've got it to be does. supporting each other and like bringing each other up. You know, absolutely, it does. It keeps us it keeps us down. So yeah. Well, the way I aspire to be at the top is just to just be like girl power. And I mean, at the same time, you obviously know that there's certain things you got to do as far as like being in working with other males and stuff. But I do feel like empowerment and and being like that, like leader that that, you know, encourages it's not seen as a weak thing. Actually, that's more than anything what a leader is. And getting into that, we should see like, okay, boss versus leader. Yeah. Yes. Because I think that there you can see like the difference difference and how to manage people and how to inspire people. Yeah, absolutely. That's so crazy how in business, um, like the idea of a manager or like a boss or a leader, they're all the same idea. It's like, oh, you did really well. So you got like more, you know, salary and you got a higher job title. But then what you get are these people who are like really good at this job, but they have no business managing people. And you kind of stop and go, actually, that was not the position you signed up for. And it's um, funny, back when I remember working with the company Zappos, um, they had that issue where they had people who were in management level um, and they had been there so long and, you know, the company CEO, Tony really loved these people. And so he actually just said, listen, I'm getting rid of every single manager in this company because I don't, I no longer believe in managers, but like, I am going to pay you to leave if you want to leave. And if you want to stay and you want to come back to doing what you love, then do that. And everybody kind of went, whoa, like nobody's ever done this at a company, but I think it was such a, like an interesting and innovative idea to just get rid of this like concept of these fake managers. Cause they make no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. I did read about that and I thought that was very impressive because I was like, that's something different. Not a lot of companies will venture out and do something like that. But he took that realm of of a difference to take control. But talking about that as well, for women and men, I mean, there's what are the risks that men take that women sometimes hold back on taking? Because men and, and women, we're so different. But yet, you know, how do we break through our fear of asking for things because I feel a lot of the times there's that fear of asking and and not feeling good about yourself because you feel like they're going to reject you anyway but you don't lose anything by asking I hate hearing you say that I know reject you anyway right I that know. was tough but yeah. that's to sometimes hear. what real. people think yeah you know? it's real that's, being real. that's something like, that yeah. I I get a lot of people come to me and they say like this is how I feel yeah so I'm you know I feel like that's something that is out there and it's happening. And no, it's, it's yeah. really heartbreaking, but it is. I love that you're so real about it because yeah. like it's it's imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I had yes. the worst imposter syndrome like for the longest time where I hit a certain level in my career. It was the weirdest thing. I reached every goal that I wanted to achieve for myself. And I sat there and I was like, I don't believe that this is real. And like, I don't believe I did like I, I don't know. It was just this weird imposter syndrome that you can, do you guys have you ever felt that way? Like, yeah. yeah. Like you're not good enough. Like, wow, why am I doing this? I don't think yeah. I'm the person for this. Yeah. yeah. Like objectively other people will be like, no, this makes sense. You have done these things. You have these skills. You have this, you have that. But like in your mind, there's like this voice that's inside of, and I think it's something about being a woman and like maybe just being outside of our gender role and are like doing something that not a lot of other people are doing. It just makes us feel like insecure and weird. Fear propels you, no? 
It's like yeah. almost like it propels you to yeah. keep going. I know it's this weird thing I've been playing with because there's this inflection point that you hit where you become a specialist in something and it's around like four years. If you've been doing the same thing for four years, you are a specialist in that. Like you know how to do pretty much everything there is to do. But then you look at like growth mindset is all about putting yourself outside into like uncomfortable experiences. And those first two years where you're learning a job, you're having those uncomfortable experiences where you're like, oh, I don't actually know what I'm kind of doing here. We got to figure this out, you know? And so having a certain amount of those experiences, those are what help us grow. And like, it sucks because when you're in that space, it's so uncomfortable, but like, that's the space where you're growing. And that's like kind of the space that I'm trying to look for right now. Cause I don't want to be like, I don't want to be in that space where you already know how to do everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you guys have like, what, where are you in that space? Like that, that space point? Are you in like the, yeah, I got my shit together space or are you in that like like learning and growth space? Learning, learning, every day, every day, day something new. Amazing. Like just enjoy that moment. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm trying to do that with myself too right now and I just my friends keep saying that to me like just enjoy this moment like just enjoy it because it's it's gonna change you're not always gonna have it but like right now we're in that growth space and that space is such a good space it's a good space it is but going back to the topic of men doing you know taking risks differently than women for instance like if there's a job opening a man will apply knowing that 100% of the description, they probably don't know how to do. They're not qualified, but they'll still apply. For us women, we see one thing and we're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Forget it. This is not for me. Yeah. How do we break that? How do we change that mindset? I was just talking about this um, recently. So it's the risk. I think it's a risk portfolio that we take on. I think women have a much more conservative risk portfolio than men. Like I look at um, Bitcoin. So only 8% of women are investing in Bitcoin, despite the fact that like tons of men are making money on this, you know, and how many women do you know who day trade? And how many women do you know who are even investing their money properly? There are so many different things. Like if you look at just the basics of how we behave, that it's like our risk portfolio is so conservative that it would make sense that we would be less likely to, you know, throw our hat in the ring for a job or do do this or do that. And I'm I'm in a blockchain space now where I'm getting speaking gigs because I'm a woman, because there are only probably like 10 of us in, in all of blockchain. And I'm going, what's, you know, what's the deal? And I'm, I'm bringing other women into these emerging technologies and we're all working together in them. And it's been really exciting and fun. But I ask myself that same question every day. It's like, why are more women not just embracing, you know, things that could benefit us? Right. Do you think it's fear? A hundred percent. I think I so. feel like women, we constantly live with fear. Yeah. So it, it takes a special woman to be like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to do this because I want to learn. Yeah, I don't know. Because I'm not like that at all. Yeah. I think uh, everyone's different, right? Yeah. Like, I was so funny. I was thinking, you know, I was raised by a father who was an, on. he was like an entrepreneur. He had a, like, a, he didn't even have a high school education. And he built this big company. And I always saw that as like, oh yeah, anybody can do anything. Like, that was never a question for me. People were like, Donald Trump's president. I'm like, yeah, anybody can do anything. It's like, for real. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, but I've always seen, I've always just thought like, yeah, yeah, you can just do whatever you want. So you know, I was so lucky to be raised by someone who, and my and my mom is like an angel too, but my family was awesome. And so they, ra- I, I was so like special. And I think about every, how everybody else was raised and how so many of my female friends growing up in Texas where you yeah, are now, yeah. you know, they were just told like, go have babies and take care of somebody. Exactly, and yeah. it's like, 
it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know if women are just afraid or if it's, I think it's all like the culture of how we were raised and our environmental and like, you know, our, our environment now, are you around people who are putting you down or are you around people who are bringing you up? Yeah. That question, like I ask myself that question every single day and I trim, 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 like only people bringing me up. Yes, absolutely. Who you surround yourself is very important because that's what's going to help you. So in terms of that, like that's one of the topics we've talked about in the past has been mentors, having good mentors. Oh, I was just going to get into that. Yeah. Have you had any that have impacted your career? I seek out information and beg like my smart friends to give me advice as much as humanly possible. (laughs) (laughs) They still answer the phone, thank God. But yeah, no, um, (laughs) I had a few really amazing mentors who have just taught me so much. And it's really interesting because um, I have never had a female mentor before. All my mentors have been like- Me too. Me too. Wow. Like old dudes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of- but why, why do you think that is? Maybe there's not enough women executives that I've been able to really look up to, right? I don't, I mean, right. what's... Or maybe it comes down to why. like, you know, I don't know, maybe... Because mentoring, like I think mentorship is a lot on connection and, yeah. and like a energy and vibe with the person, you know? So I don't know. And I feel like most of my mentors are men. I feel they are genuine and they advise me. I mean, I'm sure there's... Um, amazing women out there that are mentors, but I just haven't experienced that. And I wish I could because there's nothing like another woman. I'm just saying like, I understand. I've gone through that. Yeah. Well, I think that's what you guys are doing right now. Yes. This is what our podcast really is. What what it is. I think we're changing the future, the future leaders, you know, like, because we want to be different leaders at the end of the day. We want, we want to empower and, and just, just, you know, I think everybody wants to win at the end of the day. So why not? do it together. And I think this is a great platform to bring, you know, people like yourself here to talk about these things because a lot of people don't have like the right connections or the right people to ask questions. And I think this is a great forum to kind of like get the topics going and have people learn. I have a question because I think a lot of women come up, like we discuss like, hey man, it's, I want to get paid more. Yeah. (laughs) How do I go to my boss? How do I talk to, how do I even initiate the conversation? Listen, that is my specialty. Let's do that. All right, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Let's get a script so these girls go in these offices and get some more money, baby. Can I tell you how many women I have this conversation with? So when I was um, 30 years old, I wrote this like Facebook post and it was like, how to become a female executive by 30. And I put it up and then it started spreading. And then I even had a law professor reach out to me and say, she's, you know, female law professor. She said, can I hand this out to my students? Can I print this and hand it out? And I was like, yeah, of course. So to this day, she still hands it out to her students. And it's all about like how to get up in the ranks and whether that rank is like money or title or whatever it is. I mean, number one is speak your value speak your value. Because if you listen to a man talk, he's always like, oh yeah, did you see that thing that I did? If you listen to a woman talk, she's like, we did a great job. And we did a great job might be great in like other areas. But when you're at work, it's all about taking credit for your work and speaking to that credit. Because I think the other thing that a lot of women assume is you assume that just by doing a really good job and working hard, that somebody's just going to show up and give you more money. And that's like sitting in your apartment expecting somebody to show up and give you a job or a boyfriend. It's never going to happen. So the more you put yourself out there, it's like, 
And I train women on how to do this, you know, because so many women will be standing in the room and the men will be talking over each other. She'll be paid way less, but she's bringing the most value in the room. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to flip that script where you have to have ways that you can sneak it in and say, Hey, did you get that, you know, email I sent you? Or did you, did you see, you know, what, you know, uh, that, that report that I just did, they, the client really likes that report. Um, you get that conversation going. Right. And it feels uncomfortable. It feels like bragging a bit at first for a lot of women, because women like to kind of be, you know, but think like what the dudes in the room are doing oh, and just yeah. take that. Yeah. They don't care. They don't. <laughs> no. They don't care. They're bragging. They They're go like, into like yeah. jobs like, Hey, I want six figures. Yeah. And what? Yeah. 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 We're like, no, we're going to go on the lower yeah. end. Yeah. I'll no, I don't want to, I don't right. want to seem like I'm greedy. Oh no. Job negotiation 101 is you take. So once somebody is invested enough in you to where you're at that final decision, they're not going to walk away for just a little bit of extra money. Always throw in a little bit of extra money because no, they're not going to pull the job off the table. It's always important to ask. And when you're ready to ask for a raise, um, go and do your research. Do as much research as you can, not just on your job title, but on your actual responsibilities. Because the thing about women is we are like, we take on so much. So each one of you will have job title A, but you'll also be doing B, C, D, E, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Put that all together in a report. Be like, national average pays this, local average pays this for these different positions. You're receiving this amount of value. I'm asking for a raise of 4% of this amount of value, you know? And like you go through, like put together a presentation that's well-researched about what your value is in the marketplace and bring that because nobody can argue with statistics. You show up prepared with statistics, you you know, we get agreement and consensus. Have I been doing a great job? Yes. Have I, well, I've got, you know, this information that shows me that, you know, this is my market value. So if I ask for even, you know, 10% more on my current salary, you're still paying far under market. So you come up with like a sneaky little, you know, presentation full of statistics. That's what I did. My first boss ever, I showed up to her and I was like, when she gave me that promotion, she gave me a title only. So I sat down on my computer and I was like, what does a director of business development make? And I looked in every single industry and it was like, it was a lot more than I was making. So I put together this whole presentation. I like set up a meeting with her, put the presentation on the screen. The presentation is 30 minutes. She starts laughing. She's like, please make this stop. I will give you more money. If it don't like just stop doing this to me. Cause I was like graph after graph. Like yeah. I was like, and this is how much I like made the company this year. And this is how much this and that. And it was so, it was like so funny that she was just like, please shut up. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of that, I have a question too that when you're interviewing for a job, right? Um, and then the conversation, sometimes the, the employer or the company asks you, so how much would you want to make? Do you throw a range? Or you do you throw, give a, I usually yeah. would throw a range, right? Or what is it that you would do so, in that situation? Yeah. I have not applied for a job ever in my life, um, unfortunately. But I know that the uh, there was this really great Women at Work podcast from NPR and um, it said that there is um, this really bad problem with the people who put in the second offer. They f- they actually think that they got a good deal, but they actually got a lower offer. Yeah. And it says you always throw out the first offer and you just throw it out like so much higher than you like should throw it out. And so I know when I'm negotiating with clients, I will go and ask a guy what he would do. This is my sneaky trick. Mm-hmm. And I'll say like, how much, what would you do? And um 
a guy will say anywhere from 20 to like 50% more than I would have quoted at. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So then I roll with that number. And yeah. then people say yes to that number. Of and course. you kind of go like, yeah. oh, oops. Yeah. You know, because I think women, I really feel like women undervalue ourselves. Like we throw down low numbers. We throw down ranges. Like just go, I, you know, just, just what my douchey friend says that always gives me these really good advice. <laughs> these really good big numbers. He's like, just pick your top number, go 20% more. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, they're not afraid. They're, they're like, not. let's go. They go go big or go home. <laughs> no, and then another resource that I, I use to to check salaries and compare markets, it's Glassdoor. Mm-hmm. You, oh, okay, yeah. So that's another good place to go to, to see like, hey, I'm underpaid or maybe I'm not. Yeah. And getting salaries that. in Miami are horrible. horrible. Yeah. And the cost like, of living is so high. Yeah, <laughs> It's one of the worst mitch- mismatches in the United States. Yeah. A report, you, did you guys see that report last week? No. Yeah, it's like the, it looks at like how much it costs to live versus what the average salary is. And the average salary here is like, uh, like $14 an hour or something oh, crazy what? like that. Wow. So sad. On this report, it's so sad because I, I, don't, I don't know, it's just really bad. We could talk about Miami economics all day. (laughs) Well, I I was wondering, what do you think must change for women in the workplace to actually obtain equal pay? Uh, I mean, it's so tough because there's like, we all can think about that unrealistic, idealized version of reality. But then it's like, you guys all have day jobs. Like, you know what the reality is. And it's so tough. So I don't want to sit in my like pedestal as, you know, a female entrepreneur and be like, well, you got to do is go do this. Cause like, I don't know how to walk in your shoes. I don't know how to be, you know, a woman in the company every single day. I mean, it just looks so tough. So, so tough. Like, um, to achieve equal pay. I mean, I fundamentally believe that we have to just like open up that conversation, align with people who believe the way that we do, work for people who believe in what you believe in. Like I always say that, but you know, it's unfair to say that because what are you supposed to do? Go quit your job and go look for an all female owned company? Well, you can. Yeah. Like if you, if you're able to, I think. Yeah. Or go create your own empire. Right. Which most women are doing it. I mean, that's why a lot of people go and do that. It's funny. So when I was back, like back, back, back a long time ago, when I was the president of the uh, pay equity committee, we were looking at equal pay. And at that time it was 65 cents on the dollar. And so all we did, it was so simple. We just had a conversation about it at the local level and made it grow. Where we're like, did you know that women are getting paid 65 cents on the dollar? Did you know that? And we just have that conversation, align, you know, have experiential events, align with other women, get it in the press, get that motion going. And then, you know, align with other groups because there are so many other groups out there who, are like, there's so many different issues right now. And we're all in kind of fractionalized space where it's like, you know, the, the equal rights and equal pay issue, the me too issue, the like, I mean, these are not all separate issues. These are all like common issues. So we're so focused on like taxes, all these different issues. We're so focused on our like one little issue that you got to get people aligned around like, you know, a common theme of like, do we really want to be equal? Do we really want each other to be equal? And if we really want each other to be equal, then, you know, like we have to align to that common theme and we have to like, you know, address that. And speak up. And speak up. Yeah. Both as an employee and as a leader. I mean, you're, you know, are your leaders really looking at their pay um, and their salaries and are they actually comparing what women are making versus men? Like, has anybody asked their boss that ever? You know, like, have you sat with those numbers and figured that out? And then you have women who aren't even in leadership positions. So they go, oh, well, it's different. And it's like, have you ever asked why? 
because women hold more graduate level degrees than men these days. There are more women graduating at law school than men every year. So it's like, have you asked each other why? Yeah. You know, and just have that basic conversation. Do you think companies are kind of coming together in what you've noticed um, to kind of make that an equal pay? No. Work together? No. No. They're still behind and... Yeah. No, I don't see. I don't see it changing. I mean, I see us talking about it more, and I think talking about it is the beginning. Yeah. We're we are like only at the beginning. Last year was the first year where I saw a glimmer of hope, and then this year you hear it's like it's the year of the woman. Okay, that's bullshit because we have about ten more years to go until we are, you know, actually in a place where we will feel equal and feel brought to the table. These Me Too issues are not going away. Companies are terrified. I can tell you that. There are companies that are like their lawyers are issuing them culture reports. They're like, you have to figure out what your liability is on this issue. So you have companies who are being scared and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, What are they doing about it? I mean, that has to come, right? And I think we as a culture just have to like make it happen and keep it happening. Like if you look at these midterm elections, there are more women being elected in these midterm elections than all of history. And that is so exciting. That is. That is so cool. And like more women running and people, you know, I think just like we said, breaking down these barriers and just like changing it up. We have to do it. So that's good. We're we're getting there. We're on the way. On the way. So tell us a little bit about your book that's coming out oh, in October. We're so excited to hear about it. Thank you. I'm so excited. Um, it's like getting super close. I feel so nervous and awkward. <laughs> it's like your baby, right? It's going to be born. I hope it comes out and he's not too <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So uh, I always wanted to write a book. It was like the thing I wanted to do. And I had never thought I would actually do it. And then I had a publisher come to me and I was like, all right, let's do it. So um, my book is really about how to communicate better. And um, I think communication is just that one thing that I would always see, like you talked about, like a like a boss versus a leader. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think it's all about communication. Like it just starts there. You know, there, there are different behaviors and skill sets around that, but communication as like a skill. So I go through really simple and easy stuff because I hate when I read books and I'm like, have to reread them because I go like, what, what, what did I just learn? You know? And so I wrote this at like the level of like, all right, here's what you do. Here's how you do it. And like, here are different ways that you can spot when to do it. And then I even give you like different business scenarios that you will go through and the different skills that you should apply to those different business scenarios. So it's like, um, we, you know, we talked about speaking your value. It's, it's improving assertiveness. How do you improve your assertiveness? How do you improve your negotiation skills? Um, I, I have a bunch of chapters in there that are like, you ladies will recognize that they are for men, but like they won't. And I tricked it. So they'll, I like hoping they'll read it, but it's about like, how do you be, you know, behave as a person with empathy would behave. Um, so I just break it down into Which like, you think skills. obviously that is a quality of a leader. Yes. Empathy. Absolutely. Emotional Not a boss. A leader. Not right. a boss. A leader. Yeah. And like active listening. How do you actively listen and clear your brain out and dive into conversations instead of hijacking conversations? And then also how do you like handle high stakes communication? Um, how do you like avoid, you know, when communications are escalating and then like... Yeah, how to be, you know, give each other better feedback. Like, you're right. It's like all the things that, like, a good leader should be should be doing. And I think they're, like, 
they are touched on in different business books that I've read, but I don't think anybody's really just put them all together yet in a basic format. And so I just wanted to make a basic user's guide that you could pick up and just be like, okay, I'm having this issue. Like, what do I do? You know? Wow. That's awesome. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, me Thank too. You. Yeah. Book club. Yeah. Are you going to have an event here in Miami for it? People keep asking me, should I do an yeah. event? Yeah. Okay, it. fine. We'll do it. We'll be there. We'll be there. Book I, review. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm like, she's going to be like little nerd standing there with her little book. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of women that that can definitely benefit from it. Benefit yeah. from the book and and just so that you can connect all these like-minded women, I think it would yeah. it would be awesome. It'd be yeah, great. You guys and sell some books. Yeah. You guys are the best. I love <laughs> this like these vibes. Yeah. Start a community here and get it all. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Together. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I think we've had so much valuable information for today. Yes. I think our listeners are going to be super empowered. They're going to go into those offices and knock on those doors and get that <laughs> Raise. Put together that spreadsheet with all those yes. statistics yes. of like and your then, salary. Um, just hashtag, I mean, sorry, tag Jessica on her. <laughs> yeah. like, thank you, sure. Jessica. Yes, yes, please. Yes, tag her. <laughs> but anyways, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And we're so excited that um, we will return soon with more to come. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Sure. Yeah. So jessicahiggins.co is my website. So I have my Instagram is at jessicahiggins.co. That's where you guys found me. Yeah. I love that. We like connected on, on Instagram and then, um, uh, my, yeah, so my website, my Instagram, um, you can just reach out to me. Like if anybody has a question about anything, my golden rule is like, reach out to me, call me, text me, email me, just ask me your question. I'll for sure answer because women should be helping women. Yes. So, um, if you want to, let me think, I don't really use, do you guys use Twitter anymore? We've we do. We have we, an we account. We do, but we don't. I know it's like a <laughs> yeah. weird question, but I'm like, yeah. I don't even look at that. So I shouldn't even give people that, but I would do, um, LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash jessicahiggins.co. Um, it's spelled out D-O-T-C-O and then same on Facebook, jessicahiggins.co. Okay, perfect. We're excited to read your book when it comes out. Thank you. Yes. So everyone be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at Girls Gone Boss. And don't forget to review and read us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Till the next so, time. Next time. Yay. Thank Bye you, guys. Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Oh, yeah. I love you guys.